the more a man feels isolated and feels like he needs connection with another man, the less he's likely to reach out to one. That with men, there's some strange stigma or, and it's all bullshit, it's all in our own heads. I don't think it's real. Men left to their own devices, in my opinion, can often become emotional. And a man who's being run by an emotion, by their emotions, is not a man you want around you. Because men who are run by their emotions end up fighting, killing. So discover what your purpose is as a man and then take action towards it with the time you have. And ultimately find other men that share the same purpose. You're a man living in the modern world in a time when men and manhood are not what they once were. You live life on your own terms. You're self-sufficient. You think for yourself and you march to the beat of your own drum. When life knocks you down, you get back up because in your gut, you know that's what men do. You're a badass and a warrior. And on the days when you forget, we are here to remind you who you really are. Welcome to the Sarma Man Podcast, where we aim to make men masculine again. I'm your man, Nikki Baloo. And my guest today is a repeat guest, a man who did such a bang up job the first time that we just had to have him back for a second conversation. Today's guest is a man who's been involved in the work of men for decades, a man who gives a good goddamn about his fellow men, and a man who's got some really wise things to share with you. Tomlinson, welcome to the show, brother. Thank you, Nick. It's good to, good to be back. Good, good to, to have you. you here. It's good to yeah. have you here. So, you know, our conversation last time was very powerful, and you revealed a lot of deep insights about the nature of man, manhood, and masculinity. And I thought to myself that it would be valuable to have you back because there's some questions I wanted to explore with you. Cool. And I think you have some unique insights that you can deliver for us. Namely, we're living right now in a very unusual time. Last couple of years, there's been a pandemic and an endemic. And as a result, number of unintended, possibly intended consequences have happened. One is these lockdowns have caused a great deal of social isolation and people have not been with each other. And this has had an impact on people's mental health. You know, not being with other people has people going to their heads with the chattering monkeys and they say all kinds of nasty shit to themselves. And in men, this, I think, is far more prevalent than it is in women. I want to know what your thoughts were on this and if you could share some of your insights. Well, certainly, I think you're right. I mean, in terms of, uh, it, I think it is a bigger impact on men than women, although I don't think it's any picnic for women either. No, it's not. Uh, but I think that women are better at, um, you know, this is an overgeneralization, but I think it's more or less true. Women will find a way to create relationship if they ain't having it. They'll find a way. Um, they'll pick up the phone and spend an hour talking with their sister, mother, friend, whatever. Men don't. <laughs> you know, they, they just don't. In fact, I would put to you that the more 
a man feels isolated and feels like he needs connection with another man, the less he's likely to reach out to one. That with men, there's some strange stigma or, and it's all bullshit. It's all in our own heads. I don't think it's real. I you, you call up one of your friends, you start talking or you do whatever you do to be in a, in a, in a functioning, valuable relationship with somebody. And usually the other man on the other side of the phone is appreciative to hear from you, glad about it, whatever. Yet when you're feeling lonely and isolated, it tends to be the time that you feel you can't make that phone call or you don't want to, or there's some monkey thing in your head tells you not to do it or that it'll look pathetic or you know we have this kind of man alone uh, stereotype that has been um, drummed into us from movies and books and so on John Wayne walking through the desert on a horse um, and, and okay that's fine but it, it uh, you know I, I get that it's it's rooted in something but in reality um, men left to their own devices, in my opinion, can often become emotional. And a man who's being run by an emotion, by their emotions, is not a man you want around you. Because men who are run by their emotions end up fighting, killing, smacking, acting out, yelling. You know, it, it, when a man is being controlled by his emotions, he's actually at his weakest. When a man is acting purposeful and going forward and his emotions not that they don't need to be dealt with, but when they start to control a man, that's when he becomes dangerous. So, um, and when you're isolated, um, your emotions tend to have uh, a higher degree of impact on what you're thinking in a given day, because you've got more time when you're isolated to think, as opposed to, you know, being busy working and then uh, socializing, which takes your mind off of a lot of those you know, the voice in your head that says some weird and often pretty fucked up stuff that isn't true. Man, that's bang on, honestly. Um, when I'm on my own, I start thinking about fucked up stuff. I start going into my head and the chattering monkeys take over. And that's when I go into some fucked up emotions, anger, frustration, and, and I lash out at people. Or, or self-flagellation. You should have. You didn't. You suck. You can't. Um, you know, beating yourself up for decisions, actions, things you could have, should have done and didn't. And, uh, and then that can also key the same emotions, cause you to lash out at your kids, your significant others, even your friends. Um, can cause all sorts of destructive behaviors, drug and alcohol abuse various addictions can all be rooted in, in that, in, in what's going on in the back of your head and what's going on in the back of your head, um, you know, uh, can key emotions, particularly when you're isolated and you're not busy. You know, that's why we, a lot of times you say, you know, like a man who's busy and functioning and, you know, there's like all sorts of parables about this. Like, you know, you want something done, give it to a busy man. Well, when a man's busy, he one of the reasons is he's too damn busy to let the monkeys interfere with his, what he's doing. Uh, and um, one of the things that a man can do to replace busyness, because that often isn't structurally healthy, 
you know, in the long term either, if you're busy all the time um, with work or with whatever, is to insert purposeful activity. So discover what your purpose is as a man and then take action towards it with the time you have. And ultimately find other men that share the same purpose and get engaged with them or a similar purpose or, you know, which is frankly similar to what we're doing right now, right here. This is, you know, you and I have a relationship. We have a similar purpose. And, you know, if you pick up the phone and call me, we know that about each other, you know, and we have a relationship based around purpose that when Nick Ballou calls me, I'm not in my head and isolated and thinking about those things. I'm more likely to be thinking about, is there an action I can take to serve this purpose I have? Um, you know, is there a way that I can do that? So um, putting your, you know, figuring out where, what you stand for and, and taking actions that are outside of your business work, whether that's community-based or charitably-based, or in my case, men's work-based, you know, I hate the term men's work because I think it sets a connotation in people's head that I don't agree with. But for the sake of this, I'm going to use that term. Um, you know, that's my purpose is, is to make a difference for men in the world, to teach other men how to teach other men to be purposeful. So that's what I want to do. When I'm engaged in actually doing that, there aren't any monkeys going on. I'm, I'm doing something. And, uh, and men love having relationships with other men based around purpose. In fact, you know, um, you will find that when two men who are quite close sometimes, when their friendship diverges, or sorry, when their purposes diverge, often so do their, does their friendship. I'll give you a simple example of that. Um, let's take a young... 18, 19, I can give you my own history. So 18, 19, 20 years old, um, smoking a lot of pot at the time, um, hanging out with other friends that smoke a lot of pot um, and uh, very close with some of those, some of those people, men in this case, then decided I didn't want to smoke pot anymore. Wasn't enjoying it. Not some anti thing or I'm going to clean up my act. No, I just, wasn't enjoying the experience, so I wasn't going to do it. Um, and some of those very good friends stopped being friends, and it wasn't like some, you know, fuck you because you smoke weed, I don't want to hang out with you. In fact, we kept hanging out less and less and less until the, um, until the relationship was gone. And that's because, uh, in my mind, a lot, if not most, uh, male relationships are based around some type of common purpose. You might have a few best friends from, you know, when you were a kid, high school maybe, that you keep in relationship with for the rest of your life. But after that, most of the relationships you get into, they have some common purpose. And, and that purpose spurs the relationship and often even more intense if that you're in action on, on a place of aligned purpose together. Now you've got like the real foundation for a male relationship. Wow, I'm blown away by what you just revealed because I'd never thought of it that day. It just made a spark go off inside my mind. That's so true. You know, there's a number of men 
that I really like, but we don't really have a common purpose anymore. So example, our mutual friend, Paul Sobel. Now he's a friend and I talk to him from time to time. We used to be in a network marketing organization together. So when that was true, I saw Sobel all the time. You know, we used to hang out, but neither one of us are really in that network marketing organization anymore. And as a result of that, I don't see Sobel as much. Right. No. And there's no falling out in this, in this, right? There's None. no fallout. There's no, None. you know, RuPaul, he didn't know. It just drifts. It just drifts apart. And yet, if you ended up doing something together again, you know, in that case, your aligned purpose was to make money through this organization. Um, but if you ended up, if, you're, if your purposes ended up aligning again, you'd go right back. There'd be no delay. There'd be no, it'd just be boom. Oh, yeah. I remember this relationship. This is how it works. Boom. I'm back. You'd be checking out. You'd know way more about his, what's going on with his home life and, the, you know, everything else. Because you'd be in relationship with him in, in a way that was causal and in a way that was aligning with, you know, some part of your purpose at that moment. Yeah. Yeah. 100% true. I love Sobel. He's a great man. And listen, he's He's an insurance agent that I that I do business with. So I do speak to him from time to time. And we do check it from time to time. But it's not the way that it used to be right now. Now, you and I, you know, we know each other pretty well. I consider you to be one of my men. I consider you to be a good friend. There was a time when we had a coaching relationship. And during that coaching relationship, I spoke to you every week. I don't speak to you every week anymore. You know, right. and it's, it's the same thing. There's zero falling out. In fact, I, I even kind of in my mind go, I'm looking for ways to Two more things right. that Tomlinson and I could do together. So I call you up. I invite you to events from time to time. I say, hey, let's come do these podcasts. And that's a way for us to have a common purpose and it continue is. to be in relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I, I miss being in relationship with you more too, but I don't got a reason to pick up the phone and talk to you. And frankly, men, they don't mind a little bit of that, but you don't want to call from a man that you don't have a common purpose with every week to see how you're doing. No, I don't. You don't. You're just not interested in it. Because you know what that is? That's relationship for the sake of relationship. Yeah, which we don't Both really do. Men are not interested in relationship for the sake of relationship. That's why the men's group environment or men's team environment in my dynamic is so effective. Is because the common purpose is you get to have a better life and so do I. So we better meet every week or every two weeks or whatever the, the, the group of men decides so that we can do that. Otherwise it won't work. We know that we got to know, we, we got to know everything that's going on with each other so we can call each other on our, on their, on our bullshit and, and get value from that. And as a, as a result of that value, you know, become better men or men more in the direction that we want, regardless of what our objectives are. So the, it's just the way it works. I mean, whereas women, they love relationship for the sake of relationship. They do. Like when a woman calls them up just to be in relationship, it's a great compliment to a woman. And that's the only reason that you'll even get sometimes hear a woman calls, and, you know, Sally called me and all she wanted to do was talk. It was great. Just because that is a reaffirming thing for a woman. Women just better at community and better at relationship and they will seek relationship for the purpose of relationship 
Whereas men actually find that weird if it get, you know, they don't mind a little of it. Call me every four months or whatever to say, how, how are you doing? Or once a year or whatever the standard of that relationship is to keep it in existence. But if it was, you know, we get on the phone every week and be like, for what? Yeah, you know, when I was younger, I, I, I found that I would hang out with, with my friends just for the sake of being friends. Like we'd go and right. see a movie or play a game but right now there's there's people that i want to be connected to more and it's the truth is we're just not and i'm looking for reasons to do it you're not the only one i have this issue with yeah. so there's a there's a man his name's Guerrero, and i really like this man he's a good man i i've attempted to get him in, in some of my business groups to no avail so far he's been in a men's group with me before i've tried to get him to come back again to no avail once in a while, we'll get together, we'll meet, we'll chat. It's fun, but there's really no, there's really no reason beyond that. And, and if I can't manufacture that reason, it just won't happen. It's sad, but it's true. You know, I, I used to go with Sobel to, um, I used to go to movies with Sobel. Sobel and I used to go to see movies together. We don't even do that anymore. And that to me is, we don't even have the purpose of seeing movies. Now, part of it is, um, most movies that are out these days are trash and woke garbage and I wouldn't want to see them, but there's some good, still some good movies out there. You know, the, the Northman is a good movie. I'd love to see that with a man like Sobel, but yeah, it's, you got to have a common purpose. So you're not going to, you're not going to be in relationship. That's, that's so true. Wow. Thank you for uh, teaching there, me that. There's today. always, always going to be a couple, right? You're going to have your dad, maybe your brother, perhaps your best friend. So I got a best friend. His name is, Alistair Hood. And I got another one in Maine or in the States. His name is Stan Snow. And those, you know, and then I guess I got three of these relationships right now, but Alistair Hood and we went to high school together. He's the best man at my first wedding. Um, him, he, he's the only, like, I need to, if I don't see him for three or four months, we need to get together and drink some beer together. And he, you know, um, we just do. So there, you, sometimes you'll have a few of those relationships. The, but you, but you don't want 15 of them. You know, you, you probably one is about maxed. And in fact, I would say, you know, I'm not even really talking to snow much. I think I, I'm that relationship, you know, and him and I were working in our men's group, uh, mentor, discover, inspire for years as partners, trying to shift the culture of the organization. We did that for like eight straight years, man, we were thick as thieves. Now I'm not, you know, doing that. And he's, doing you know he's still volunteering and doing stuff there he's even like a part-time employee and i called him probably you know like three weeks ago because we hadn't spoken in six months just to say hey so he that relationship quickly devolved from a best friend relationship into an every six months we need to check in type of thing um so you, you're gonna have a couple you know but you're not gonna you're not interested in a whole lot of them there's not, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just the way men are. It's just that most men don't recognize it in themselves. In fact, you know, and it's it's part of why the, the men's group dynamic, or the men's team dynamic is so crucial for men. Because otherwise, your our basic way of being, you know, that's been this way for thousands of years, millennia, is to isolate unless we find other men with common purpose. 
So the men's group dynamic creates the, the environment by which we now have a common purpose. I'm going to call you out on your bullshit. You're going to call me out on my bullshit. We're going to prove each other's lives doing it. See you Tuesday at seven. Mm. Right. So we, we literally need to create these things. And our grandfathers actually didn't because they all tended to have most of them, not all, but a lot of them had clubs. Kinsmen, Knights of Columbus, the Legion, the, you can go on and on and on. All of those clubs have had declining enrollment over the last 30 years. But a lot of our grandfathers had one of those or something else. I mean, I just blurted out a couple that came to my mind, but there's a million of them. The Your Ethnic Group Club, you know, um, and and what those really were, were a way for men to actually get together. That was involving alcohol or not. Um, they were still getting together and having some relationship based around a common purpose was, which in this case was just a need to belong to something, which is also a human need. Um, I, I exercise mine through, through, through men's groups, but others find another way. Some men in, you know, in Canada play hockey on Thursday nights. I think that's a particularly um, uninspiring and not, uh, you know, don't think it provides uh, what men are seeking when it comes to isolation, or, you know, are subconsciously seeking to overcome that isolation. I think it only provides some camaraderie for a couple of hours and then off you go. I, and I don't think there's much of a common purpose. Sure, there's a common purpose, which is I like to pay hockey, so do you. But that isn't the same as I'd like to change the way men are in the world. And I'd like to change the way that men, men's place in this world is. So that's a common purpose that you and I shared. You might use slightly different words, but we both know we have that common purpose. Yeah. It generates, when we're together and we're talking about this, we both get lit up because it goes deep into our souls. That is, you don't get that by, by putting on your hockey pads and then having some beers after, although it's probably better than nothing. Listen, um, I don't play hockey, my son does, but I love the idea of getting together with a, a group of men around the fire, have a deep conversation. I'd love the idea of getting together to play soccer. You know, it'd be fun or Frisbee. It's just something that doesn't happen the way that it used to happen. There's no question that that's true. And what you're saying about men using common purpose to, to get away from social isolations it just strikes me as being 100% accurate. I never thought of it that way. But now that you've come and revealed that to me, I get it. It makes sense. It really does. There's a, there's a man who taught me this a long time ago named Steve Junkin, and he's been very involved in Mentor Discover Inspire for the last 30 years. Yeah. And I, I remember, you know, someone calling him and, and, and he, they're like, hey, how are you doing? He's like, good. And he's like, this was another man in the organization. Um, and he's like, you know, he's like, what can I do for you? And he's like, I was just calling up to like chat and see how you're doing. And he, he said, you called the wrong place. You know, and, you know, he said like, no offense, but it doesn't matter who you are. That isn't why I... I that's not what I do. And then we got in this conversation about, well, why is that? And this is what, what we arrived at, you know, is that men do relationship. It probably came from a book or a 
weekend. You know, I'm, I don't remember where it came from. I remember it started with me 23 years ago in a conversation with him where I realized, oh, that's why I have relationships with men or don't. Yeah, there's not a ton of people that you can go and do things like that with. Just go have a beer or, or, or have a steak or whatever. And I enjoy doing that. I mean, there's men that have called me and said, hey, let's get together. Let's have a steak. I think it's fun to go sit down and just chat chat and shoot the breeze but with the same man i probably wouldn't do that more than once every six months you know what i mean um might do that with different men once a week you know could see you this week sobel next week and 10 other men for the next six months but yeah well even in the men's group dynamic um eventually you'll have some man join the team whose purpose isn't aligned with the the purpose of the team so I'll give you a classic example. So you've got this team, it's functioning. Um, and the dynamic is I'm here to call you out on your BS. And you're here to call me out so we can both have improved lives. That's the agreed upon purpose of the man's group, yep. of this team. And then a guy shows up and he's just there to, to try to get something. He doesn't really... He knows that something's missing and he thinks this men's group thing might help him. And he's there to suck any wisdom out of everything he could get and provide zero in return. Now, there's two things that happen with that man. He either quits because he eventually men start. But the other thing that eventually happens is, is the rest of the men in the group tell him to, to fuck off because to get out because he's not. He's not providing real value. He's not, he's not, his purpose isn't aligned. It's like he's looking for free therapy. Well, that isn't the agreement that we have. Men have like the, you know, with a men's team, often agreements are spoken. There's some type of, you know, standards and agreements to what this is about. But men have these purpose-based relationships usually without um, an actual verbalized, or even conscious agreement of what it is. Like at no point did you go with Paul and go, you know, we've got a great relationship here with Sobel and go, you know what? It's based around our common work at this. No, that's not how men's things work. We have an unconscious purpose, um, an unconscious binding of purposes that, that helps to spur that relationship. Well, look, I ran a men's group that was more a business group than a men's group. It was a high-level CEO group, but it was all men. And we had a purpose. And the purpose was for all the men to work together to get better and have these powerful relationships. And it worked out really well. There was one fellow I led into the group whose purpose was to make money by selling a high-end insurance product, tax mitigation, all the other men in the group. And he would be selling something in the neighborhood of two hundred to five hundred thousand dollars, and make that much commission from it. He was not interested in having a leader to follow, that being me. And he was not interested in doing the introspective work. So when we did that, he'd get all pissy and angry. No, 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 no. And unfortunately, I made a mistake. I allowed this fellow to stay in the group, and I should have kicked him out as soon as I heard. Uh, and understood that was his purpose. I shouldn't say hurt. As soon as I understood that was his purpose, and I didn't. And there was a variety of reasons for that. One of the reasons was that I thought I could, you know, just write it out. Another reason was I didn't want to go into a space of having an argument with the guy that would cost uh, me business, you know. And 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 I thought I could 
I, I thought I could make it work. Unfortunately, the lack of common purpose between him and I reached a point where I had to kick him out. And when I did kick him out, it was done not in a gracious way, but in a rough way. And it ended up blowing up the whole group. So I learned something from that in that if it's clear there's not common purpose, especially in a, uh, in a program that I'm in charge of running, that person is either going to have to shape up or ship out and it's going to happen right away. Yeah, no. And you made the right call. You may have made it too late, but that's also how we learn. Men are extremely good at learning from our mistakes. Um, <laughs> Sometimes you know, I, they're costly. <laughs> you know, the classic one is, I'm, I don't know, I'm five or six years old, right? And I've got my first bike and uh, I'm riding it around. And, you know, my, my mom and my dad were always like, do up your shoes. You're going to, it's going to get caught in the, in the, what's it called? Where the, the, the chain, where the chain is around the big spoke and it's going to, you're going to wipe out, hurt yourself. Anyway, so, you know, did I? No, I, I went around doing, you know, what I always do, which was not doing up my shoes before I got on the bike and riding. Well, eventually I'm riding it right outside my house and shoelace gets caught in there and my dad's out there. My, my mom's in the house. And uh, but it's summer and, you know, the windows are open and stuff. Anyway, so I wipe out. I'm crying. And my dad walks over and he, he's like, hey, shoelace got caught in the in the in the, uh, in the chain, didn't it? I'm like, yeah, and I'm crying. And he's like, hope you learned your lesson. And my mom comes running out and, you know, I got scraped knees and stuff. And she's hugging me and making me feel better. It's actually like a perfect example in my mind of how a mother and a father should be. Yeah. I don't, you know, the father needs to reaffirm the lesson so that you learn how to learn from your mistakes with very little sympathy. It pick you up and make sure you're not badly damaged. If you've got a broken leg, it's different. But if all you got scratches and burns and bruises, yeah, you know, I hope you learned your lesson. You going to tie your shoes next time? Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, you're still a little boy and somebody should come and hug you and make you feel better because it hurts and your ego is hurt, and your knee hurts, and, you know. But it, I, it always stuck with me when I started doing this work because someone was bringing up a much bigger example about how men learn from their mistakes. And, and it really came in. I was like, oh, yeah. You know, my dad, you know, because if I got hurt by something that had nothing to do with me, my dad was fully capable of being just as nurturing as my mother. Yeah, if something fell on me and I, you know, I got hurt, he would definitely hug me and make me feel better as long as it wasn't me pulling something off the, you know what I mean? It's like, if it wasn't my fault, he was, he was perfectly capable of being nurturing. But if it was based around my own actions that something had hurt me. He, he was not nurturing at all. He was just like, did you, did you learn? Did you learn from learned. that? Did you learn? Nice. Nice. Well, you, you know, one of my mentors is a man named Owen Williams, and I've had him as a guest on the podcast as well. And Mr. Williams said to me, a mother's job is to make sure that children, her children don't get hurt. A father's job is to make sure his children don't get hurt too much. Right. Yeah. <laughs> don't die. You know, don't don't break anything. Don't lose any digits or you know, functioning organs. Yeah, yeah. The rest of the time, I mean, that's how we learn, you know, as little yeah. boys. And to some degree, it's how we learn as men too. You know, um, 
you know, making mistakes and then adapting to it is, it's really, uh, you know, the, you know, what, there's all sorts of, you know, fables about this too. You know, it's like the people that get to the top, it, it's not that they didn't fail. It's that they failed spectacularly before and learned from it. And there are other people that don't learn from their failures and repeat those mistakes. And, and you know what? Sorry about your luck because if that's your dynamic. I mean, then you need some therapy or a men's group to kick your ass or something because you're now stuck in a cycle and the only common denominator is you and your behavior. And if that's you, if you're listening to this podcast and you keep doing the same thing, you keep losing relationships with women or whatever it is, getting fired from your job or whatever, you need to seek out support because you need to break a pattern of behavior that's dysfunctional to you and not just write it off or blame it on other people. If you got fired three times in 10 years, it wasn't because you had three bosses that were assholes. It was because of something you're doing. So, you know, you better find, and, and if, if a men's group ain't your cup of tea, then find something that is because because you got a problem and it ain't going away. There's going to be a fourth and a fifth and so on. Yeah, it's true. You know, it's very, very, very true. And another man that I've had on the show quotes a line of poetry. I don't recall who wrote this line, but it goes something like this. It goes, young man, run from the soft hand of your mother and run to the stern hand of your father. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, to some degree, you know, you, as a man, you have um, your father to give you the unvarnished truth about your shitty behavior and, and stupid actions, right? Yes. And then eventually you grow up and he gets tired of doing that. It, when you're 30, he, he isn't going to do that for you anymore. Um, and that's when you need to find a men's group to mimic the same behavior. We we're just talking about, uh, you know, the, I was talking earlier about the unvarnished truth and calling you out and I'll call you out on your BS and you call me out on mine. The only difference in this dynamic is you ain't calling your dad out on his BS. No. <laughs> right? No. Or at least you might only do that once. <laughs> but um, the, the, but you're really setting up that, that straight, no bullshit, how can you learn from your mistakes communication with other men now that your father isn't doing it. Like you... When your father's no longer there for you, uh, you need other men to take to, to pick up that baton and give you the same behavior because you need fathering as a verb right till you die. You need other men telling you the truth about stuff. I don't care if you're 75. You'll still benefit from someone going, you know what? Hey, you know, I think you're I think you're tricking yourself here. I think you're bullshitting yourself. That's not really what's going on never ends that's a lifelong thing that's a lifelong men men's need or man's need it's very perceptive i never thought of it this way that a men's group is all like a surrogate a group of surrogate fathers they come to you and give you the straight fucking truth they don't bullshit you they don't coddle you 
And that's a big problem today is men get coddled. I mean, I was talking to a friend of mine before this call and I called him, you know, and he just keeps saying, well, listen, I'm sorry. I hope I'm not disturbing you because there's noise in the background and this and that. And I'm like, dude, you're a friend of mine. I called you. Stop saying you're fucking sorry about every second thing that's going on in your background. Yeah. You know, it's like, that's something you do with women. Apologize to them because if you don't, they're going to get pissed with you, right? For little things that could annoy them. But to a man, like, come on. No, it's, I'm not going to tell you I'm sorry. Oh, you got you have, You're having a tough day today, Tomlinson. Okay, you're having a tough day. No problem. Can I do anything? No. Let's keep. Let's keep going then. Right. Boy, that's 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 how it's got to be. Well, you know, in in the men's. In, you know, in a men's group, there, there's more than one type of men's group, but the type of men's dynamic you and I have both experienced, let's call it the no bullshit men's group. Um, you know, we even use the term fathering and mothering, right? Mothering being trying to make someone feel better when they need a lesson versus fathering, which is telling them the truth. Um, but there are lots of men's groups out there that are touchy feely, uh, yeah. you know. Yeah. I mean, and I, I wouldn't call so those men's make groups. I'd call those were, boys groups myself. Right. But I want to make a distinction. And I get that they serve another purpose. Some of them are related to churches and so on. And, um, you know, they, there's, there's some men's group that are extremely good at having men experience their emotions, the deep seated ones. I've even visited some of these groups in the past, their deepest emotions and having them express them but they still don't give each other fathering. They don't give each other, they don't tell each other the truth. And uh, so just want to make the distinction that you and I are, are talking about the type of men's group where that is the core understanding of what we do, not one that might get together and find a way for you to experience your emotions so you can scream and yell and get that out. And I don't want to denigrate that. I actually think there's some great value there is. in men having a way to express their emotions. I think it's very damaging when they don't. I, I agree. Deep-seated emotions they don't express, they're going to come out in a very dysfunctional way at some point, somewhere, sometime. I agree with that. I agree with that. That's very important. You definitely need to find ways to express your deep-seated emotions, especially if there's some emotions that have been created uh, by trauma and and left stuck in your body because of that trauma. Hundred percent. Right. But there's a big difference between verbalizing those emotions, getting them out of your system, and being fathered. And taught well, how to know. be how to be a man, and and taught right. not to be in that space of being. How can I put this politely, but a pussy? Right. So you know, in, in the men's group dynamic that you and I are talking about, let's call it the no bullshit approach, um, straight truth. Uh, so I, I actually visited a different type of group, and the man um, was crying, and, and with lots of emotion, which was great about the way his boss had made it feel, which was ultimately rated to how his father made him feel. And he, he really was grieving that because it was really deep seated for him, which is great. And when it was over, I was like, okay, that was awesome. I'm so glad you got that out of your system. Now, what are you going to do differently with your boss? Because you're part of this relationship. And anyway, that was not appropriate in that environment. Um, whereas in, the men's groups you and I are familiar with, it would be the only thing you would do after those. You, you, 
Now, if it was a, enough emotion, you might decide not to do it till next week, you know, because the man may not be ready. But eventually that question's coming. If he's ready for it, it's coming as soon as the emotion's been released and he's recovered from it. And if 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 he's not, and it's it's kind of a big thing for him next week, it's like, okay, I'm glad you got that out of your system. Now, what are you going to do differently? You know, you're what can you do to alter this dynamic and this relationship? Because you're half of it. So, you know, anyway. No, man, I, I, I'm loving this conversation. I'm learning so much, you know, the whole concept of men, men are in relationship uh, when they have a common purpose. I think that's powerful. And the other one is that men in a men's group are there to get fathering. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. They're there to, you know, to pick up the behavior that was lost when they, when their father was no longer uh, giving them that, uh, that behavior. Yeah. Once again, men are often not conscious of, of what the purpose that's driving them together is. They often are not, not at conscious. All. I wasn't conscious of it until you revealed it to me. But it makes sense. I can express this now. This is powerful from a marketing point of view for us to grow sovereign men and to grow the idea of men's movements in general. Every man right. needs to be a part of something like this. And the only way that he can actually be a part of something like this is if he decides to take action, right? And he's like, hey, I know I need this. I need fathering energy in my life. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have fathering energy in your life, you're going to be crashing and burning. It's fathers who lift everybody up. It's fathers who make sons powerful men. It's fathers who show their daughters how to be strong. And how not, not to get caught up in a relationship with a complete jackass and, and give them the confidence to go out there and live life as a great woman. It's father energy. It's no more important than mother energy. And it's also no less important. So that, you know, both of these things make a great human. Um, and you, you, but what's happened societally is is that father energy has been um, downplayed and sometimes downright denigrated and mother energy has been um, worshipped and uh, and um, admired and unfortunately what that means is there's a lot of new fathers that think that their job is to actually imitate what mother energy to provide mother energy they think that that is their job and that all they need to do as a father is do the same thing granted poorly because they lack the skill set that the mother does and unfortunately that's a really unfortunate thing for for children particularly for boys but for for, for girls as well because that you know there's a reason why there's a father energy and a mother energy and they are both equally as important you know, yeah, in terms of the development of children. Yeah, man. As yeah. men, we need less and less mother energy as we age, but we never lose the need for father energy. Mm. It never goes away.
I mean, you'll hear men say that it has and they're fine now, but they're full of shit. They're just yeah. tired of doing the work and don't want to have to go through it anymore. <laughs> and because it's work, it isn't, I'm not going to tell you, it is work, you know. Um, and, and some men get to a certain stage of life, they're like, you know what, screw it. I'm just the way I am and the rest of the world can either adapt to me or not. And I'm not going to do the work to change. Okay, fine. I can respect that in your elderly years. But the reality is, if you want to be the best man you can be at any given point in time, at any point in your life, you need the father energy still there because you're not aware of your blind spots you're not aware of your behaviors and the whole world can be you know talking about that you're an arrogant asshole and no one's ever going to tell you unless there's some father energy around you you'll, you'll be the emperor you're, you know the, the aesop's fable the emperor has no clothes you'll be walking around as an arrogant asshole and no one's going to tell you you're an arrogant asshole you know that all sorts of destructive impacts on your relationships on on uh, on your income on your career etc no one's going to tell you except your men because that's father energy father energy is like hey you're being an arrogant asshole you need to you need to figure out how you're going to cut that shit out or whatever it is for you you're being soft you're being rude it doesn't matter there's a million foibles we can all have i don't know i don't know what mine are until someone tells me i'm completely oblivious i get in I look at that mirror in the morning before I start my day and I go, I don't notice that. So for me, it was all about arrogance, by the way. That, that's why I'm bringing this up as an example is that I really struggled with being arrogant, but I didn't know. I thought that I really respected other people, but my demeanor, my way of talking, my um, approach to things uh, came across as arrogance to a lot of people, not to everybody, but a, lot, a majority of people. But literally, until I got involved in this work, nobody told me. I couldn't get promoted. I was like, why? Why can't I get promoted? Well, you know, I've been involved in this work for like seven months. And someone's like, you're an arrogant asshole. That's your problem. You talk down to us. What? I totally respect you. No. That's if that's true, that's not how you communicate. Wow. What is a life changing moment? It's like. So I'm like, so you think I'm talking down to my clients and my bosses? They're like, no question. There's no way you can turn this behavior off when you walk in the office. I'm like, holy shit. And then was it true? Yeah, it was absolutely true. So with the work of the men, I discovered where that attitude was coming from. That was, I didn't think was deep inside me. And then I started creating disciplines to avoid doing it and practicing with my men first how to not be arrogant in my communication. Because I was like, I would come to my team meetings and I'd be like, hey, look, this is how I'm going to say things now. And they'd be like, you still sound like an arrogant asshole. You're just using different words. I was like, for God's sake, are you for real? You know, and then, but slowly but surely, I was able to create a discipline around it and a way to get around it so that, so that that wasn't the way I was being perceived. It wasn't true, by the way. That's why our foible, a lot of our foibles are so difficult for us to see. I wasn't in my soul an arrogant asshole. I wasn't arrogant, but it was how I portrayed myself. It was actually based around fear of uh, being a small individual. I, have, I don't need to go into all my psychology on it, but it came from a very young part of my life. And I was really developed into an intellectual bully and, and uh, was using that in that tool, which had kept me from getting the shit beaten out of me in the schoolyard, 
I was using it in um, inappropriate places where it was doing me damage. Never would have discovered it. You can get fired from jobs today and they won't tell you why. They're like, oh, we're moving on. We're going in a different direction. And uh, What is that? Like if someone tells you that, that's the biggest load of crap I've ever heard of. What does that even no, mean? No, just say, stop lying to me. This, just, this. Someone says something like that to me. Just said, don't lie to me. Okay, tell me the truth. I can handle it. I don't need this BS. Well, but if you're in a big corporate environment, it doesn't matter what you say to them. They ain't telling you. It's just easier just to get rid of you than it is to, they, they don't. Once they've made a decision to, to let you go, to sack you, they don't care about you at all. You're yesterday's news. So they might tell you that we're, we have to do cutbacks and then three weeks later, you find out they hired a replacement. Yeah, they'll do anything they can to avoid those uncomfortable conversations. I'm sure they will. And so as a result, you don't get to learn that you're getting fired for this reason. You don't, you don't get to know that. No one's going to tell you. You can go through your whole life ignorant of, of something that's completely damaging to your career or to your relationships or to something else without even being aware it exists. Men are, men are the emperor's has no closed foible. That's why they need men to tell them the truth. Other men. Not your best friend, not your guy at the hockey ring, you know, like other men. Yeah. Ideally, not your friends, in fact. That's why men's work is so important. Oh, it's so you true. might develop friendships, but if the, if the original purpose is to uh, tell each other the truth and call each other out your bullshit so that you both become better humans, when you get into that dynamic, even if that person's become your best buddy, you'll stay, you'll stay in the right dynamic. I'll tell you something, Tomlinson, this has been a very valuable conversation as far as I'm concerned. I think the people listening to this are going to learn a ton about why it's valuable to be part of a powerful men's group, why you cannot allow yourself to get isolated, and why it's important now more than ever for us to reach out to people, be with people, but also to reach out as men to be with men. And I appreciate you taking the time to reveal this very important a piece of wisdom to me and to the other men. You know, Sovereign Man as a movement was started by me because I know that we men need this type of energy, need this type of work. We are living in a time where men are pussified, men are lost, men don't know how to be out there living life as the best version of themselves. And I want every man to live life as the best version of himself. I want every man to know there's men who got his back. We're not going to let him falter and fall. And that's why I created Sovereign Men. That's why this podcast exists, to put out great content, great information to uplift men who are feeling that they got, they got nobody in their lives. And that's why we have men join our communities, join the Sovereign Circle program, where they've got myself, Rob Arpa, teaching them about the basics of what it takes to be a powerful, successful man in 2022, but also to have a community of men so that they get called out and I'm going to come to my next sovereign circle meeting. And we've got an, a theme and an agenda and all that. But what I'm going to say to them is men, what we're going to talk about to begin today is why this work matters to you. It matters because every man needs father energy in his life. 
And that's why he's in a group. You know, he needs to be with men who have a common purpose. He also needs to be with men who are not going to call, who are going to call him out on his bullshit. It's a beautiful thing. No, it's great. Let me know how it goes. Yeah, man. I, we are in the process of doing that. You know, um, I'm going to ask you to come and actually do a guest lecture for some of the men and, and, and describe some of these things. I think it'd be great to have you there, Tomlinson. Sure. We yeah, do some can. we do some online stuff, but we also do some in-person meeting. I'm going to invite you to come. Heck, man, I, I, I know you do what you do and you're, you're involved in the groups you're involved in, but I want you to be involved with us as well. We need more men doing this work and you're one of the leaders of this work. So I appreciate you coming by and sharing this wisdom with us today. God bless you. My man. pleasure. So men, if you've enjoyed this, you like what you're hearing, first of all, you know, look up Jeff Tomlinson on LinkedIn, connect with this man. He's, he's worth knowing. Um, he's in the wealth creation and wealth management business. So if that's something that you need, you can trust this man, reach out to him and take advantage of what he has to share and offer. He's wise in more areas than just helping men be better men. And if you if you're already in our community great if you're not join our community and share this podcast with someone who needs to hear we'll catch you on the flip side thank you for listening to the sovereign man podcast if you're ready to take charge of your life and become the man you've always wanted to be we invite you to join the movement at sovereignman.ca